Thank you, preacher. It is an honor and a privilege to be here. I count your preacher as a dear friend. Uh, got to know him over the years, and it's been a blessing to be able to be here to serve with him in uh, different times of the years, and it's been a blessing. And thank you again for all the help yesterday, uh, for putting the inflatables up, and putting them down, and put, packing them away. I always threaten the people uh, when they're rolling them up. I said, if we don't get them tight enough, then we got to redo them all. And they never like listening to that. And uh, I was at one church, and uh, when I first started with the inflatables, with my big inflatable, I kept telling them, you got to get it smaller, you got to get it smaller. They didn't listen to me. And when they rolled it up to the trailer I had at that time, it wouldn't fit on the trailer. And I said, guys, we got to take it off and we got to redo it. They all left. <laughs> well, that thing's 880 pounds and I wasn't going to move it by myself. So I called the preacher and I said, preacher, we got a problem. And by, about 10 minutes later, I had about 10 guys back. We unrolled it, rolled it back up, and we was able to get into the trailer. There's a reason I asked them to roll them up tight. So we can get them into the trailer. I, I have no other way to do it. But if I get them all rolled up tight, and if one of them's just a little loose, they all fit in the trailer. I was at a church last week, and they said, why don't you just get a bigger trailer? <laughs> I said, I started off with a 14-foot trailer. I got, went to a 16, now I got a 20. What do you want me to get? They said, a gooseneck. I, I, I said, if I get a bigger trailer, that means I'm going to get bigger, more inflatables. And they said, okay, we'll leave it alone. But it is a privilege to be here, and it is an honor. If you have your Bibles, open up to Exodus chapter 14. And if you would, please stand in respect of reading God's Word. And we're going to start with verse 10. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there was no graze in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Father in heaven, thank you again for a beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you for the great week of vacation Bible school they had here at Fostoria. Thank you for the great day yesterday and today, Lord. Thank you for all the people that are here. And Father, I ask you now to work in the hearts of each one of us. Lord, let the Holy Spirit speak. And Father, I pray if one is not saved today, they would come to know you as their Savior. 
In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I just want to say thank you for the great music. Uh, I love the music here. I get into some churches and I almost have to turn around and walk out because the music is so bad. And uh, I just appreciate the great music preacher. I want to talk to you this morning. Is there a Red Sea in your life? Is there a Red Sea in your life? The Israelites have left Egypt to head to the promised land. And Moses did exactly what God told him to do. He led them exactly where he wanted them to go. God had a plan. God had a plan for the nation of Israel. They was to go to the Red Sea by this certain direction. They was going to see God work in their life. You know, today, many of us listen to what God has to say to us. God has a plan for all of us. And God wants you to work that plan. He wants you to get involved. And we can decide if we're going to listen to God or if we're going to disobey God. There's only two things. Listen and do what God wants us to do or disobey Him. God has a plan for you. Years ago, when I first came to, uh, to Saginaw, I moved up here. My wife and I moved up here from Kentucky. And Saginaw Valley hired me to be their first full-time athletic trainer. I did not know why God moved us to Michigan. I didn't know anything about Michigan other than it was cold in July. And there was lots of snow. And I didn't like either one of those. My mom told me, she said, your Aunt Liz in Ann Arbor, we're going up to visit her. I said, oh, furthest north I'd ever been. And she said, well, I have to take coats because it's cold in July. And I'm thinking, are you nuts? And she was right. It was cold in July. But when my wife and I moved up here, we came up here in December 77 to look at the job and uh, interview for the job. And we crossed the river in Saginaw, and there's 11 inches of snow on the ground, and I'm thinking, Donna, what have we got ourselves into? And as I, we drove, and, and we came across the bridge there next to the Civic Center in Saginaw. There was all those little huts down there in, on the river, but I did not know it was a river because it was all covered with snow. And we got out to the college, and we talked to the athletic director, and we went, we went through different things. And he said, well, which way did you come in? I said, well, we crossed the river. Well, I didn't know it was a river. I crossed the bridge by the Civic Center. I saw all those little huts. I said, boy, that's a poor section of town. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he said, uh, haven't you ever seen ice shanties before? I said, what are ice shanties? He says, they fish. And I said, for ice? And I've never seen an ice shanty. I, you know, I was, and I'm thinking, wow, why has God brought me to Saginaw, Michigan? And then God brought us to First Baptist Church, and, and I served at the church teaching four- and five-year-olds for a couple of years and then took over a bus route, and God called me into the ministry in April of 1980, and I was on staff for 13 years. I didn't know what God had planned for me. And then in 93, God moved me from being on staff into going into evangelism and, and preacher. I told preacher what I was wanting to do. And he said, well, you're going to have to get a full-time job 
uh, to help support your family while you're getting your ministry up and rolling. And uh, I said, okay. And she, he said, I can't pay you to be gone on weekends. I thought, wow, what a selfish guy. He won't pay me to be gone on weekends. Very sure. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I understood that. And so I got a job and I worked that secular job where my ministry was building. And, and then in 2011, I walked in. I used to work for the Bavarian Eden Corporation. And I walked in there on February 1st of 2011. And they said, you don't need to punch in anymore. Why don't you go over here? And I saw Judy Keller Zender and my boss. And they said, we're downsizing. You don't have a job anymore. I said, wow. And I looked at him with a big smile. And I said, thank you for letting me work for you for 18 years. That previous year before they let me go, I was gone 26 weeks. And they still paid me. But they decided 26 weeks was too many weeks to be gone from your job. And I was thankful. They let me work for them. My ministry had gotten off the ground really well. And I walked into my wife's office. She was Pastor Willette's secretary. That Tuesday, February 1st, and she says, what are you doing here? It was about 11 o'clock. I said, sweetheart, I don't have a job anymore. She says, you didn't quit, did you? Because I told her I was about ready to quit anyway. And I said, no, they downsized. They're eliminating my job. And she said, you know, I prayed this morning in my devotions. God would do something big in our life today. And I said, he did. He took away my job. <laughs> so when my wife prays, I, know I, I don't want to ask her what she prays for. <laughs> and God has allowed us to our ministry to grow, and God has taken such good care of us. But there was red seas in my life. There was things that came in my life that I had to get through. And this morning, I want to talk to you about red seas in your life. And some of you could be facing some of those this morning. I want to show you and share some things with you. Number one, trust in God's directing. Trust in God's directing. The nation of Israel needed to trust God in his directing. They had to listen to Moses. We see that once Moses got them to the Red Sea, they looked back and they saw Pharaoh coming near and they became afraid. And they started complaining. And they started criticizing Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? We could have served God, we could have served in Egypt. But no, you brought us out so we could die in the wilderness. They started complaining right away. Folks, listen. When God directs you to do something, just follow his plan. Because too many times, we don't want to do God's plan. We don't want to get involved in different things. We don't want to serve God because it's inconvenient. So many times I ask people to get involved in the bus ministry and they say, I have to give up my Saturdays? Well, if you're going to go bus calling, if you can't do it any other day, yes. But it's not convenient for me. Folks, when did we start letting the world dictate to us when we should serve God? 
A lot of us do. A lot of us let the world dictate to us when we're going to serve God. When I went to work for the Bavarian Inn Corporation, they, they interviewed and I told the lady that hired me, I said, listen, this is what I'm planning on doing. If you don't want me to do it, if you won't let me go and not work on Sundays, then don't hire me. Plain and simple. I was forthright with them. I said, I, I'm not going to come to work on Sundays. I never worked a Sunday in 18 years. You say, but that doesn't happen. It can happen if you put God first in your life. And I, there was obstacles. But there was a plan that God wanted me in, and I was not going to give up my bus route, my bus ministry, to suit the world. And God took care of that. There are red seas in your life. You're going to face them. Are you going to do what God wants you to do? Or are you going to do what the world wants you to do? See, God put the nation of Israel right where he wanted them. They couldn't go nowhere but across the Red Sea. Because they, the Israel, I mean the Egyptians were right behind them. They had mountains on both sides and the Red Sea in front of them. They had to trust God. Moses could have took them a different way. If you look back in Exodus chapter 13 and look at verse 17, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that it was near, for God said, lest preadventure people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. They wasn't ready to face war. They wasn't ready to fight. And God had a plan, and God has a plan for you. He says, the Red Sea's in your life. How are you going to handle them? Some of you facing maybe cancer. Some of you might be out of a job. Some of you may have other things going on. How are you facing those Red Sea's? A year ago in December, uh, November, I went to the doctor because I had a spot on my face that was bleeding. And they took a biopsy and they found out it was cancer. The earliest they could get me into the doctor was March 5th last year. And when I went in, the doctor said it should only take about an hour or so. Four hours later, they woke me up. They had to go in inside my cheek. It had spread inside my cheek. One of the things I always dreaded, that word cancer. People would say, I've got cancer. And I thought to myself, how will I handle that if it ever happens to me? There was a Red Sea in my life last year. And I had to determine what I was going to do. Was I going to just do what God and trust God and let him take care of the cancer and let the doctors take care of it? 
And so many times when we hear those things that are happening to us, we don't trust God anymore. We've got to learn to trust God in every situation. See, the Bible tells us, Moses told them, don't fear, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. So many times, folks, we don't stand still long enough to let God take care of our problems. I came home several years ago now, and my wife said, we have a problem. I said, what's that, sweetheart? She said, uh, come in our uh, kitchen, and she dropped a marble, and the marble went. I said, yep, we got a problem. I called some friends. They came out and looked at it, and they said it's going to cost $35,000 to fix your house. I said, I don't have $35,000. I said, Lord, what are we going to do? Unknowns to me, somebody in that company knew somebody in our church, and they told the gentleman in our church. And that gentleman went to preacher, and they raised enough money to fix my house. I started trying to figure out how I was going to pay for this. I kept trying to figure out how, God, I'm going to do this. But I learned I had to stand still. I had to let God take care of it. And not fear. And when we got all done with the house and everything else. And the bills all was paid for. And I had $200 extra. I do not know where that money came from. But my wife and I prayed and we asked God to help us to see God do something in our lives. And it was a blessing to see the men of the church come over and rebuild my house for us. See, folks, we got to learn to stand still and listen to God and see the salvation of the Lord. We have a promised land. God's not going to steer you wrong in your Christian life. He's got a plan and he's going to steer you in the right direction. But so many times we are following God's direction and then we sort of say, no, I'm going to go to this way or I'm going to that way. And we get off God's plan for our life. And when we get off God's plan, then things start to fall apart. And when we get, things start to fall apart, the first person we blame is God. Stand still. Fear not. And pray and see the salvation of the Lord. He's not going to steer us wrong. And then he wanted to see their faith. He wanted to see their faith. He wants to grow in your faith. The problem we have 
we don't grow in our faith and we, ha- we, we don't have a firm foundation in our life. And when we don't have that firm foundation, we fall off of it or it crumbles. See, folks, listen, if we have a firm foundation in God, the things of the world is not going to keep us from doing what God wants us to do. Let God see your faith. He wants you to grow in your faith. How often do you read your Bible? How often do you pray? How often do you serve the Lord? A lot of times we don't think about our Bible readings. You know, if you came in this morning and preacher got up here to preach and he said, well, folks, I didn't have time to read my Bible this week. What would you say? What would you say to your preacher? Well, we pay you to do that. We pay you to have a sermon. We pay you to read your Bible. No, you don't. That's what he's supposed to do. So folks, you expect him to be ready for Sunday morning. How about you? How many have read your Bible this morning before you come to church? How many of you said, Lord, I need something from God today? Or did you just get up this morning, throw on your clothes and come to church? Well, preacher read his Bible. I'll get something from preacher. I hope so, but you better be asking the Holy Spirit to help you. Sometimes when I'm home, I'll stand at the front doors. And I'll watch the parents get out of the car with their children. And they're fussing at their children. Or they're fussing with their husband. They've had an argument somewhere along the line. But when they get up to the door, they're hunky-dory. Not the drone in their life right now. But just imagine I'm going to get her for causing us to be late this morning. I'm going to get my teenager for being uh, two hours in the restroom, in the bathroom, getting ready for Sunday school and church. My husband and I, we're going to have this out when we get home. And you come into church and you're not even thinking anything about the Holy Spirit or anything spiritual. And we wonder why we have red seas in our lives and we can't face them. See, He wants to see your faith. And we've got to learn to put God first in everything. I bought that new slide. I taught my Sunday school class, and I have older gentlemen in my, and ladies in my Sunday school class, and two of them said, why don't you just put it on the credit card and pay on your credit card as you get the money in? I said, is that letting God take care of my needs? Is it? No, it's not. That would be trusting in my credit card. 
And I said, I'm not going to do it. I said, we need to pray. And for a year and a half, we prayed for that new slide. That slide started off at $17,000. And there was no way that I had $17,000. I knew God did. But God had a plan for it. And we kept praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Some money came in. I got about $2,600 in. And I said, God, do you want me to use that on the new slide? Do you want me to put it on my credit card? I didn't get the answer I wanted. God basically said, wait. And in June of 2019, there was a couple I'd been working with. It was in my Sunday school class. And they called me up and they said, hey, we need to come over and talk to you. This couple had been in 18 different churches in the last two years. And in the back of my mind, they're coming to tell me that they're leaving. And they came over to the house. They said, you've helped us so much. We've been encouraged. God laid it on our heart to give you $6,000 towards your new slide. That morning, I'd went online. That slide, that slide had went down to $6,000. The only people that knew it was me and God. Folks, listen. I could have done what those other gentlemen asked me to do. Put it on your credit card. But I wouldn't have seen God's plan work I wouldn't have got to see somebody else help me get that slide and them be a blessing to me. Folks, listen, we've got to understand we have got to live by faith and let God take care of our needs. We've got to see the power of God, folks. It's doing the simple things. You want to see God do the, have power in your life? Let's just read our Bible more. Let's just read our Bible more. Let's spend time with God more. Let's turn off the TVs. Let's turn off the computers. Let's turn off our cell phones. And just spend more time with God. We spend too much time listening to what the world has to offer. There's going to be red seas in your life. And you're going to have to come to the point where how are you going to cross that red sea? Some of us are facing those things today in here. And you know who you are. You've got those Red Seas. How are you handling that Red Sea? Are you trying to figure it out for yourself? Or are you sitting back and saying, God, I want to see you do it. I want to see the power of God. I've got to learn to stand still. And let God take care of it. 
so many times. We want everything now. It's a microwavable society. Push a button and instantly we have it. Doesn't happen that way. It happens by trusting God and watching Him take care of our needs. And here's something interesting I read in verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. He caused an east wind. If you know anything about the winds, they go west. They come from the west to the east. He says it's called the east wind. Folks, he was already working on the dry land and dividing the sea from the other side of the Red Sea. Moses lifted his hands, says all night. The Israelites didn't realize God was already working on the other side. God's already working on your problem, folks. God's already in the next day. Why don't we just grab hold of that and realize God wants to take care of our red seas in our life. But we've got to trust him. We've got to trust him. Because he's already in tomorrow. Trust him. Trust him. See, folks, God wants to help you. God wants to help you face those red seas in your life. All you have to do is be willing to stand still. Watch and see the salvation of the Lord. And the last thing I want you to see is this in verse 15. says that they go forward. Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt. He said, just wait, guys. We're going forward. Go forward in your Christian life. Don't let those red seas keep you from going forward. Keep going forward. Trust God. Have faith that he will get you through your problems. And there's some of us this morning... You're facing some Red Seas. How are you going to handle them? Are you going to trust in God? Or are you going to try to fix the problem yourself? The nation of Israel saw the salvation of the Lord. The Red Sea parted, they went across. Moses says, you'll not see him again. And they watched 
the Egyptians all die in the Red Sea? Because they went forward. How about you and your Christian life? You need to go forward. Those Red Seas are coming. There's going to be problems. But how are you going to handle them? This morning, what Red Seas are you facing? What Red Seas do you need to give to God? Maybe it is cancer. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've got some decisions to make. Let me ask you something. Those Red Seas, who are you going to give them to? With your head bowed and your eyes closed and nobody's looking around, let me ask you a very simple question. You say, Brother Mitchell, the Holy Spirit has spoken to me this morning. I am facing some Red Seas in my life. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I don't know what they are, but by the indication of your hand, I'll pray that God will do something with those Red Seas in your life. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? All over the auditorium. I appreciate your honesty. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Thank you. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you would like to know how to ask Jesus to come into your heart, it's very simple. I'm going to ask you to stand in just a minute with your head bowed and your eyes closed. And when the invitation starts and you would like to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you, all you have to do is step out and walk down the aisle and Brother Pastor Henry will be here to meet you. And somebody will show you from the Bible how to get saved. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand just a few minutes ago and said, yes, I've got some Red Seas I'm battling. Hands went up all over the auditorium. The altar's open. Would you come? Would you stand to your feet with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Nobody's looking around. You say, I've got some Red Seas I'm battling. You can come forward and sit on the front pew or kneel at the altar. But you need to take those first steps in your life. As the music plays, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? All over the auditorium, people raised their hands and said, I'm facing some battles. Would you come? Would you come? There's battles. Are you going to let God do it? Would you come? The altars are open. Would you come? 